Smoking Abdallah, 7 to 8 tonight here on ESPN 1000. So you left the studio like an hour ago. Yeah. You went missing. I did. Where did you go? So I came down here. Bears Weekly started at 6 o'clock. Waddle and Sylvie left the studio at 6 o'clock. Yeah. I came down here. Like 602. To the first floor. To the first floor in our, in our State Street studios. I dropped my bag off. You saw me leaving the hallway. Yeah, you were, you were heading out. I went to the Walgreens across the street, and I was there for 30 minutes. What were you doing at Walgreens for 30 minutes? Stand, I was standing. Just standing. Just contemplating my life. And what would happen if I raged on these people? What? That were standing in line, not knowing what they needed from the Walgreens pharmacy. They have prescriptions. Now, the first lady in front of me, I don't, I don't, she would, there was issues with her insurance. That happens. I get it. That's fine. Yeah. But the, the two people, in, I was third in line. There was already someone up there. There were two people in front of me, and it took half an hour. You were there for a long time. I was there for like 35 minutes. I got, <laughs> My wife is uh, sick, so she wanted a decongestant. You have to get that over the counter. Yeah. So I had to, you know, do the whole thing where you show your ID. For sure. So they make sure you're not making meth. And uh, I got myself a, li- a liquid death, a little, a little something for me, a little sparkling water okay. for the show. All right. And I'm standing there. That should take what? At max? Five minutes. Four and a half minutes? Five minutes. Tops. <laughs> In, in and out. Tops. It's a two-floor Walgreens. This There's guy, enough space in there the guy to get direct, in and out. The guy directly in front of me that I was waiting for the longest didn't know his medications. He didn't have a prescription. He needed his medications. Older gentleman. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. I, I, I thought maybe a Gen Zer, maybe someone who's Older was gentleman. Wow. Didn't know his medications. And was just like, it's for my blood pressure. And the lady goes, there's like 30 medications it could be. And he's like, well, I take this much. And she's like, that doesn't matter at all. Hold on. I'm familiar with going to pick up your prescriptions. You just give the name. Yeah. No, he didn't didn't have have his name. He didn't have it. No, his name didn't. He just wanted to. Didn't have have it. Buy random prescriptions. Just wanted to buy prescriptions. Random drugs from Walgreens. He he doesn't have prescriptions for it. He was like, it's not. He's like, it's not under my name. I just come here and get it. And she was like, that's not how this works. Right. I've never seen that before. I was. And there wasn't a second person to notice this nonsense taking place to be like, let me help you over here, sir. So then a second. Let me take care of this. So this was when, when there were. Three people in front of me, and the lady was having an issue with her insurance. Another person came over and took care of the two people in front of the older gentleman in front of me. And they took forever, too, because one guy said, hold on, I have a coupon in my email. And I was like, this. Oh, sure. And like, coupon in the email. That that got me at Jewel the other day. Dude. The coupon in the email. in In my body, in my soul, in my heart, in my head. I am exploding with rage. Oh, of course. Explode. I would never, ever cause a scene. Never, ever. And if my if it was for me, sure? 
Never cause a scene. Sometimes, no, you know, sometimes never. the producers and I call you Karen Abdullah. No, never. No, you don't. Sometimes we do. No, Some you don't. Behind you your never back. Have. Sometimes we have little well, conversations they're, they're about douche, you exploding. Those, well, you guys are Karen Abdullah. Yeah, Karen Abdullah just listen, left again. All right. Oh, here we Here he is. Karen Abdullah's here again. Listen, little Jake, you can't do I'll put you at the top of the list if you know what I'm talking about. All right, Karen. I got you. You know what I'm talking about. I want to speak to your manager. Okay. Just watch out. I got to see your search history, okay? Go ahead. You heard me. Um, and so <laughs> if it wasn't for my wife, I would have left. Like if it was for me, I would have been like, I'm just going to be congested <laughs> and just leave. But it's for her. So like, I'm not going to be like, I couldn't get it for you. She's at home with our baby. And she's like, I'm sick. I need to decongestant. And I was like, okay, I'll go now. And you were also in a, t- a time situation. Cause otherwise, essentially you could find a Walgreens within like, Three more blocks. Well, the problem is this Walgreens pharmacy. You could have dipped and gone to the uh, Thompson Center Walgreens. That's closing down, by the way. Well, it's open at the moment. I know, but this this pharmacy closes at at seven, right? And I was like, I could have. I thought about walking to another Walgreens, and it it was raining, so I didn't want to do that. Well, you know, because what you were saying, how you have to go to the pharmacy to get the decongestive Christmas morning. I was sick. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this the other Everybody. night. I, yeah. I've been sick for Peggy like the last everyone's month. Sick. I was sick. <laughs> so Christmas morning, I was like, you know what? I need a, a Claritin D. We, need, we have to attack this with a new strategy. This is what we're doing. I go to the first Walgreens. Their pharmacy wasn't open. Yeah. They were open. The pharmacy wasn't. They had a sign that said that the closest pharmacy was two miles away. Nope. So I'm driving around Christmas morning. I go to three different Walgreens before I find one that had the pharmacy oh that was God. open in the Walgreens. And I also went to a CVS. They weren't even uh, they weren't even open. So I walk up to the door and the the like chain fence was in front of it. Also, like so I understand the the struggle that is. You have to find the pharmacy that's open and get it to get that. I get it. Why why do we still need? To, sh- to show my ID and take my information for uh, decongestants. Because people abuse it, I guess. Are we still making meth? I people are still making meth with that? Some people like, are. How much decongestant do you need to make meth? Well, is meth the only thing that you can make from it? I I'm not familiar. I thought it was. I thought that that was the reason. Are I'm you not sure 100% people don't just sure. abuse it? What is there to abuse? It's a decongestant. What, you I, get I, super I, sinuses? Like, I don't, I don't know. understand. No, and, and listen, Twitchers, I see that. Black is surprised a pharmacy isn't open on Christmas Day. It's if, a you're pharmacy. A Wal- if you're a Walgreens that's open on Christmas Day, why wouldn't the pharmacy also be open? I don't think that's that crazy to think about. If you're, if it's open, if the store's open, yeah. Now, now it's not that I was just expecting any old store to be open. No, it's the one that was open on Christmas Day. You're not trying to go like to a, a clothing store and How be like, are we oh, doing to do some shopping. Like, honestly, did you know that some Walgreens were open on Christmas Day, but yet the pharmacies were not no, open? No, that's weird to me. It's not something I ever even considered people that get that sick. would not be open. People get sick on Christmas. Now, you may not be able to f- fill a prescription because, like, doctor's offices are closed. Twitchers. Right? No, yeah, exactly. That's I get fine. That. I understand but that. But people need... Also, pseudofedrin is not an... Is it a narcotic? I don't think it's a narcotic. It's not like I'm making lean with it. Right. Why can't I just put it out? Just give me the decongestant, bro. If you want to put it behind the little lock thing, so then you have to hit the button and I'd have, have someone in walk and out over. Because boom, someone, no problem. Because I heard someone, because this Walgreens locks everything up, right? It's of one course. of those Walgreens. Well, yeah. And so someone was like, service is needed in the hair department. And then I heard, 
Beep. And then I heard hair department. So clearly there's like someone yes. there helping. Right. Like why do I don't get I'll show my my ID like if I'm buying liquor when I check out, right? Like if that's what you need, put it behind the lock thing. Only hand right. me one. Yeah. And then say you can only buy one. Okay, fine. I'll buy one and then I buy one and then I go down to the checkout. I'd have been in and out in five minutes. Not even. No big deal. No big deal. You know, I, I got uh, stuck behind an individual who had the coupon on the phone at Jewel. Oh, dude. Monday night. I don't understand. Like, what? what is with... with you use your phone every day, mm-hmm. no matter the age. Mm-hmm. Learn how to use it. To be fair, I also had a coupon, but it was paper, so it went through like that. No, I know, but like, if you know you're, like, this is the type of person I am. I think about things before I get to the situation. Yeah. So if I was in the store and I knew there was a coupon I would want to use, I would pull it up on my phone before I walk up to the register. Oh, dude, I had my ID out. I had this. I was like, I also would like to get this because, well, you know, they ask you if you want something else. Live life where, where at, at the last moment they think oh. of everything. I was like, and then I the know guy how, didn't yeah. know how to open his phone and to pull it up. It's in your email. Why is that that difficult? Mm-mm. Why is it so confusing for people? Doesn't matter. I don't understand that. And then they were asking him if he was okay with that price, and he was like, "Yeah, I guess." And we're like, "What do you mean? Yeah, you guess. The price is the price." I'd like to pay one dollar, sir. That's the price. This isn't a barter system at Walgreens. The price of drugs is the price of drugs. <laughs> you don't get to say, hey, I'll give you three oranges for some Tylenol. That's not how this works. It's Blocking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 in the ESPN Chicago app. You can join us at 312-332-3776. Last night on the show, we played audio from Daniel Jeremiah. He was on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. He said this about Caleb Williams being a generational talent, even though last season wasn't as good as the season Williams had in 2022. Yeah, I feel the same um, as I did last year. Obviously, it's a little more, it's it's not as easy to profess it because the results, you know, were different this year than the results last year. But when you go back in and watch the tape and you see the, you know, look, A, the schedule was, was, was tougher. They played a better schedule. But B, the, the interior of their offensive line was not good at all. And he was under constant duress. The defense was worse, um, one of the worst defenses in, in college football. So you are constantly feeling the pressure of needing to score 50 points. Um, I mean, they stink. And I think they scored, what, 42 points against Washington and lost? Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of the losses he had, you can look at it, where he had big days. Um, but, you know, to me, he got under, he was under a lot of pressure. He, I thought he tried to do too much. There were times where I'm just watching tape going, just take the check down, take the check down. He wouldn't, he got a little big play hungry there. But everything that I saw with him that was in the negative column is, is 100% correctable. And I've seen him do all the things that you need to do to play that position at an extremely high level. Uh, I think he's a rare talent in terms of just the throwing ability. Like if you guys were to, you know, play a game of horse with quarterbacks and say, okay, over this, under that, you know, drive the ball where it doesn't get, but only so high off the ground from this arm angle, that arm angle. Like he's just a gifted, gifted thrower uh, of the football. So he's not perfect. There's no perfect prospects. Um, but I know I, somebody told me uh, the other day, brought up the good point that, you know, one of the reasons why Bears fans are having a hard time is because literally the worst game of his career was the game against Notre Dame this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's the one that's, that's fresh in their heads. I would, I would ask him to do something very drastic and way out of the box. Uh, watch him play the same team the year before and see what you think. All right. So that was Daniel Jeremiah yesterday. 
We played that on the show. He was on Waddle and Sylvie. Check it out on the podcast page, ESPN Chicago app. I did that this morning. Mm. I took it as his advice, mm-hmm. and I watched the game from 2022. November 26, USC wins 38-27. And Caleb Williams was incredible in that game. Mm-hmm. And here's what sticks out going back and watching that game. His throwing wasn't that great. It, it was actually, like, think of these numbers. Uh, if I give you these numbers, tell me a quarterback it reminds you of. 18 for 22, 232 yards, one touchdown. Say that again? 18 for 22. Okay. 232 yards, uh-huh. one touchdown. That's Justin Fields. Here's the difference in the game. Caleb Williams had nine carries for 35 yards mm-hmm. and three touchdowns. So, overall, four touchdowns. Uh, he was awesome in the red zone. Here, here's the thing that Caleb Williams did against Notre Dame in 2022. It was the game where he had multiple plays where he was backpedaling with pressure in the pocket, and he avoided the rush and then was able to make plays down the field, either with his legs running, but then also there were a couple times where he faded away in the pocket and was able to avoid the rush and then find receivers down the field for first downs. He did that multiple times within the first half. And and when I say the three touchdowns that he ran for, this is where I think there's an interesting conversation we should have about Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. Because if we're looking at Justin with his legs, the one difference that Caleb has that I think is a bonus when you look at the way he uses his legs is that in the red zone, he wants to pass first. And when you're a quarterback that's passed first in the red zone, it allows you to use your legs because the defense is worried about you throwing the football. Yeah. Where Justin Fields wants to run first in the red zone and the defense is ready for it. And so then it's easier and he has to be forcing throws in and this, that, and the other. The Caleb Williams situation against Notre Dame in that game in 2022 was that Notre Dame was so worried about him hurting them with his arm that he ran for three touchdowns with ease. There was a draw up the middle. There was a scamper to the left. There was a scamper to the right. No problem at all. And USC controlled that game from from the start, and he was really good. But essentially, if you go back and watch that game, multiple times, avoiding the rush, getting out of the pocket, running, avoiding tacklers, uh, either getting the first down with his legs or with the arm. He looked really good in it. Daniel Jeremiah is right. He looked totally different in that game than the game he did against the, uh, the Fighting Irish this year in South Bend. Yeah, and I think that you know when you look at what Daniel Jeremiah said, too, uh, not just about that game, but before he was talking about that game and saying that, hey, look at his wide receivers. Like, look at his offensive line. The interior of that offensive line was not good. Look at uh, the weapons he was throwing to this year versus last year. There's no, no Jordan Addison on this team. Well, yeah, and that, right? that, that pops out. When you watch the first quarter, there are multiple bailout receptions from Jordan Addison where it's like, oh, yeah, SC definitely missed that last year. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. Like, I look at, like, your team is USC. My team's Alabama, right? When Devontae Smith left and went to the NFL and they couldn't replicate having Devontae Smith, like USC is still a decent team. Alabama is still a good team. But when you don't have that caliber of wide receiver that you're used to, like, like you know, you look at these, like I'm not taking anything away from, from Penix, right? I'm not taking anything away from Michael Penix, but he's got Roma Dunze. 
right? Like he's going to go. He, yeah. People are saying he's either he's the second best wide receiver in the draft, and it's like one A, one B between him and Marvin Harrison Jr. Look at Jaden Daniels. Who did Daniel Daniels have? Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors is the third best wide receiver in the NFL. Is definitely going to be a top ten pick. So. I'm not taking anything away from those guys, but if you look at, and I keep going back to this, when people say that the comp is Mahomes, that doesn't mean looking at Mahomes now and saying, oh, well, you know, Caleb's going to come out and take the Bears to six NFC championship games. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is when you look at Mahomes, the way he was creating stuff out of nothing at uh, Texas Tech when Cliff Kingsbury was coaching him, didn't have a great offensive line, didn't have great weapons, put up a ton of stats. Defense was god-awful, so they lost a bunch of games. That's how Caleb Williams looks now. Interior of the offensive line, not good. Doesn't have a lot of good weapons. Doesn't have a first-round wide receiver. Jordan Addison was drafted in the first round last year. Okay, Doesn't have that. Also, defense, god-awful. They lost a bunch of games. That's the comparison. The comparison isn't he's going to come out and win you, you know, uh, a bunch of playoff games and be the next best quarterback. The comparison is in college, Mahomes looks like what Caleb does now. So that's the comp. And when you go back and watch the Notre Dame game from the year before, when they had a number one wide receiver, when the offensive line was better, when the defense was a little better, they still gave up how many points in that game? 28? Uh, Last year, 27. 27 points? I was close. 27 points. Like, the defense still wasn't good, but they had better weapons and a better offensive line that helped out their quarterback. We talk with the Fat Jack to preview NFL Championship Weekend coming up next. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Show at 312-332-3776. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Let's talk to the Fat Jack. Here comes the money. Ready to fatten up your winnings? You got something to eat up in there? We home. <laughs> For the best football picks, give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now. Get in my belly! Here comes the money. That's right. Sign up as website right now, fatjacksports.com, or call 800-298-1383. Jack, how'd you do last weekend? Yeah, we were talking a little bit off the air that this is the time of year when kind of the, the idiots come out because you have guys that will sign up for a weekend, and frankly, I wouldn't win every single week, but when you get down to when there's four games last week, two games this week, there's going to be some variance in the outcome. The variants are basically things that you can't control. They're coin toss situations. For instance, you know, the two point conversion in the Tampa Bay uh, Detroit game decided who was going to cover that. Basically, that one play came down to that. You have the punt return in the total in the Baltimore Houston game. Houston has no offense basically all day and yet returns a punt to get that total where it's right on the number. Point is, is guys, if you're trying to make up for a whole year worth of bad decisions in one weekend, this is not the time of year to do it. To how I did, 
the good news is we were 12 and three wild card weekend. This last weekend we won in basketball again. The football went one three and one. So you lost a couple, a unit and a half, basically, if you played the football, which nobody wants to do. But as I said, we were 0-2 in those variance games. So I guess a long answer to a short question is don't do anything stupid this time of year to compound your um, where you are gambling-wise as it relates to football. Because no matter what anybody tells you, and this is now what handicappers do, guys are trying to sell packages, like, oh, I got the inside, da 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 The yeah. reality is these games are tight. The lines are going to be close. There's going to be a little bit of good luck, a little bad luck, at least in one of the four outcomes and probably half of them. So just treat it more like a business. If you had signed up in August, you'd have Baltimore on an 18-to-1 or better Super Bowl ticket. You will have won about 60 games of profit, $100 player up well over $6,000 in football alone. Basketball, you'd be up 45 games over the last month and a half. You would be 4-1 and one this week in basketball. So you're, you treat it more like a business and not like a get-rich-quick, and certainly don't listen to other handicappers that will want to convince you that they have information that just simply isn't out there. I was going to say, Jack, we keep winning because that uh, Ravens ticket keeps getting more and more valuable as they move on in the playoffs. I asked you last week, how do we handle that ticket and whether we're hedging or not hedging now that they're into the uh, championship weekend here in the AFC championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs what are we doing are we hedging are we still rolling with the Ravens here because it seems like everybody that's a uh, you know is a quote sharp gambler is rolling with the Ravens just as, as how good that they've been statistically throughout the season yeah number one seeds actually cover 67 percent of the time in championship round since 2015 so they cover almost 7 out of 10. But with that being said, because we got that ticket, that one good decision, we got it at least 16 to 1, some as high as 30 to 1. Um, you have room. And so what I try to do with one good decision is make sure that I'm at least going to double my money based on what I bet. So I would add up what you have both in that ticket, and then if you hedged last week uh, when they played Houston and obviously lost those Houston hedges, add that up and bet at least one more unit, one more time, to where you're guaranteeing yourself to make that much money, you're still going to have a really big gap if they make the Super Bowl. And I would bet it with Kansas City plus the points. And Mahomes is very, very good this time of year versus the number as an underdog over his career. He's 9-1-1 one, one against the spread. He's won eight of those 11 times. So he wins a lot as an underdog. There's certainly no sure things. Absolutely, Baltimore's look like the better team. Kansas City, let's not forget that just because they figured out how to stand a third down against Buffalo, this is a team that has struggled scoring points in most of the year against good defenses. They have limited offense offensively. Um, and so I, I would not forget about all that, I cert- but I certainly would – pay enough attention to what Mahomes and company have done, and frankly, Andy Reid of his experience in these type games. What they're able to do, especially against the number, um, Baltimore 22-9-1 to the under their last 32 times as a favorite. That all goes back to personality of the coaching staff. I look for a lower scoring game here. Uh, also under in seven of the last seven playoff games of Baltimore. So if it's a lower scoring game, that always keeps the underdog in it. So to, to hedge that ticket, take the points, hoping in that particular instance for a Kansas City cover, but a Baltimore win. But make sure that you don't uh, not win money based on that one good decision you made back in, in, in August if you went ahead and played Baltimore to win the Super Bowl with us. Jack, it's crazy how good Mahomes has been to start his career. If, you, if I ask you to fill in the blank, as a better, who is the most dangerous quarterback to gamble against 
since Mahomes? Like, is there a name that jumps out at you that, that you can go back and think about and be like, you know, no matter what I did, whoever you picked, if you were going against this name, this quarterback, who is as dangerous as Mahomes has been to this point in his career? You know, it's absolute Tom Brady. Um, and Mahomes is where with Tom Brady. I mean, his numbers are more productive, but he has a smaller sample size. But Tom Brady, if you go back to his Super Bowl against Atlanta, which was really the first time that I started wanting to put together a campaign to get Tom Brady to retire, um, was when they played Atlanta. Atlanta was up, I think, 24 points at half, and Brady brought him all the way back, and they ended up winning the game. But he's done that a ton in the playoffs. So it definitely was Brady is the only other guy in recent memory. Uh, but Mahomes, to your point, is more than just dangerous. He consists, and it's not just him. Uh, Andy Reid has a way of keeping him out of bad spots. Mahomes has ha- been susceptible to turning the ball over, a little bit like Josh Allen, not as bad as Josh Allen, but a little bit in that way when he has limited uh, receivers, which is really what he has right now. You don't let the recency bias of what they were able to produce against Buffalo fool you on what Mahomes has had to work with the latter part of the season. But unlike the Buffalo coaching staff, uh, Andy Reid has been able to keep Mahomes out of those spots where he just throws it up or forces the ball in. And Mahomes is getting better. We, we talked about how young he is, and he's getting better still as a quarterback. But definitely Tom Brady's in that, that mold. And uh, Mahomes is not a guy. If you're going to bet it, you probably don't want to watch most of it because he's not out of it. The back door is always open. The problem with this game, though, guys, you've got the number one defense, number six in total defense, uh, and number one in scoring defense in the entire league. And make no mistake about it, there's va- a lot of value. We talk about the stars with Jackson and Mahomes and, and certainly that game, but the top three defenses in the league and points given up are all three still playing. Can- um, Baltimore's first, Kansas City second, and San Francisco third. So the adage defense wins championship still applying with four teams left. Of course, Detroit's kind of the odd man out of that conversation. But you've got really, really good defenses along with some star power. That's what makes these games so so important and so fun to watch. The Cowboys claim to be America's team, but I think this year we can all agree that the Lions are America's team. Like they were everyone's sexy pick to go to the Super Bowl and possibly win the Super Bowl this year. And They've gone this far. They're a seven-point dog on the road. They don't get that home cooking anymore. They're a different team when they're on the road. Is this when the magic runs out for the Lions, Jack? Yeah, Dan Campbell, the most uh, successful coach against the spread since he started in the league, he covers 68% of the time. So you've got on one hand, number one seeds covering 67% of the time in championship round, but you have Dan Campbell who just basically over his career doesn't care about any of that. And he covers numbers. Here's an interesting stat, though, guys. You know how many times Detroit has played outdoors since the middle of October? Oh. One uh, time. Yeah. Green Bay? Guess No, they played you guys. Oh, they played Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. That's right. At Chicago is the only game they play wow. outdoors since October 22nd. This team has lived inside. Wow. So I, I, I guarantee Miami, the Dolphins are thinking, who did we piss off at the at the uh, scheduling office? We're playing Kansas City. It's a polar vortex. We're going to Baltimore. I mean, Miami got the worst of that, but Detroit has gotten the better part of the scheduling. And if they've been indoors, they are built for the inside. They are, they are a fast team that likes to score points and doesn't have a great defense. So does that is that a problem? I think it is a problem. I love what Dan Campbell's done. But I don't love the fact that they're having to go outside against a very good defense, um, and, they, and their defense has not been great. They have actually been outgained by more than a yard and a half per play 
during the playoffs. So they have been beneficial of taking advantage of turnovers. They've executed offensively for the most part, but this team has given up a ton of yards and a ton of points. And when you have somebody like Brock Purdy that you really need to get him going, get that momentum going the right way, Cap McCaffrey's going to get his either way. But when you add in that down-the-field passing game of San Francisco, when Purdy is rolling and in rhythm, they become a different team. That's why they're favored to win the Super Bowl, not only to win this week, but a small favorite over any of the futures that are out now. San Francisco, a one-point favorite if they play Baltimore. San Francisco, a three-point favorite if they play Kansas City. They are still odds-on to win, and that's because not only they match up really good here, but they're, they, are, they are top to bottom the most balanced team. See, I actually like San Francisco. Detroit's been a great story. They're very young. They're going to be relevant for the next few years. But, yeah, I think it ends here. Is there any concern over the lack of experience for Brock Purdy in big games? Because Jared Goff has taken the, his previous teams to deep runs in the playoffs, and then we know on the other side two great quarterbacks facing off in the AFC. Brock Purdy has the least amount of experience. Should there be any yeah. concern for betters with that? Well, there is if they get down, for sure. And that's the thing about Jared Goff. He's been, it would be real hard for me. Uh, if you play San Fran minus the points, you've got to have to sweat sweat uh, Jared Goff out late in that game. And what what Detroit will do is if you go to any type of cover two shell defense, he will pick that apart. He will score. So if they're down, you know, thirteen with a minute and a half to play, your money's not safe because Jared Goff will bring him back in the last ninety seconds to score a touchdown that doesn't do anything but flip that money. But but that's not what San Francisco is. San Francisco is balanced. They don't put it on his shoulders. Um, and, and we have other teams like that that, you know, we looked at Jordan Love earlier in the year like that. When he set ahead of the chains and when he was not predictable down in distances, he was fine. When he got to where you knew what he was going to do, he wasn't fine. And, and that's really what Brock Purdy is. When he has to throw it, when you're able to pin yours back and come after him, he becomes real human real fast. And not just because of the lack of experience, just because – that's who he is. He's not a great quarterback. When he's on the type of team, they don't get down much. They don't ask him to bring him back much. And when he's, they are able to stay balanced offensively, he is as good as anybody right now because he's incredibly accurate. You look at his numbers on the year, both in touchdowns and yards, this dude gets it done. Most of those times they're not playing from behind as long as they uh, keep the lead against Detroit. And I do think that Detroit secondary is susceptible and they're susceptible to screen passes. Their, their linebackers don't cover real well. That as long as they get the lead, San Fran should win. Covering, listen, you're going to have to earn it. Anytime you play Jared Goff and company, he will score quickly uh, when it's uh, you know, when the game seems to be out of hand and cover numbers and break better's hard. So I'd be very, very careful, but I'm not particularly worried about Brock Purdy as long as they stay in the lead. You mentioned what the lines are going to be uh, should the 49ers win, should the Ravens win, you know, all that kind of stuff. What should we do on Sunday night once these games go final to get ahead of the casual better? So if it's San Francisco and Baltimore, I think it's going to stay pretty well put. Uh, it'll depend on the, the recency bias, too. If San Francisco wins by 21 or something, then I would go ahead and I, I, will, I will play Baltimore. Baltimore gets through here. I like them to beat San Francisco, but I don't think there's enough sharp money that's going to come filing in to make that number jump the fence against San Francisco. So I think San Francisco probably stays a small favorite. You're not by any key numbers. Um, if Kansas City wins and they play San Francisco and you like San Francisco, which, again, you will have a Kansas City team that's a public darling. They cover a lot of numbers. But if I like Kansas City, I would probably wait. If I like San Francisco, I would bet it early because it's supposed to open at 3. 
All right, Kansas City, Detroit, same thing. Kansas City would be a three-point favorite over Detroit. So I would play the uh, the favorite early in both of those spots because I think it will go to three and a half, maybe work back to three, but but that's really the, the way it would move. If I like the underdog, I might go ahead and just give it a couple of hours and see what happens. So um, it just all depends. But honestly, those other games, Baltimore over Detroit would be a four-and-a-half-point number. I don't think that thing's ever getting back to four, probably not going to five-and-a-half. So uh, you're not getting over any key numbers. So, but if it, it's a, really not that important, probably a little more money on the under also. So if you're an under better, you will probably want to bet that. San Francisco-Baltimore is going to open about 47. If it opens at 47, I would, if I like the under, I'd probably bet it then because um, I think there will be some sharks that jump on that under, just the way that those teams like to do things. If you like the over, go ahead and wait a little bit. Let the number come down a little bit. Jack, not only do we have Championship Sunday in the NFL, but also there's college basketball, there's NBA, there's all kinds of action out there for people who want to bet on sports. Well, in a week like last week where you only have four games and we lose a little bit during the football games, it's nice to come off a 12-3 and run the week before be winning going into the weekend. Our Saturdays basketball are 14-2 and two the last four Saturdays combined. So we've been winning, dominating Saturday. So really, by the time you get to Sunday games, you should be in the profit anyway. We're 4-1 this week so far in basketball, so everybody's up in the profit again. That's how you gamble on sports successfully. You don't load up on one or two games on Sunday and then decide to email your handicapper if they get a little bit of bad luck on things. That is a losing way to do things. Don't do that. Go to FatJackSports.com. $99 gets you the football. We didn't talk about the prop bets, guys, but those won again last week, and those are free. You get the top prop bets for both the games, four to five per game. Those won again last week, along with the predicted final score in both these games, uh, along with the best bet. So 99 bucks gets you all that. 149 or excuse me, 199 gets you everything this week and through the Super Bowl. Or add basketball. It's 289 for basically two and a half weeks worth of basketball and all the football information. We'll pay out the service fee over eight months. Right now, the lowest rate of the entire year, pay out the service fee over eight months and make money all year long, including the baseball season, absolutely free when you sign up right now at FatJackSports.com. That's a great deal. Make sure you sign up right now, FatJackSports.com. Thank you, Jack. Have a great weekend. Good luck. Have a good week. See you guys soon. Stay warm. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. Black and Abdallah hanging out with you on a Thursday night on until 8 o'clock tonight. If you want to join us, you can call us at 312-332-3776. You know, we take football very seriously, Abdallah. And that's why after we talk to the Fat Jack, we always get Chauncey's Animal Picks. Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man. Who was raised by the frozen tundra? It's time for Chauncey's picks with Black and Abdul. Uh, there are no picks this week because we have two games in the NFL, and neither game is a animal matchup. But if things work out, we may get a bonus play from Chauncey heading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, if the Ravens and the Lions win this weekend. So if that's uh, a reason to give you a rooting interest, then sure. <laughs> I don't think any. Bears fan is rooting. Do you do that? Do you root against 
the teams in the division uh, when they're in the playoffs? Depends. Like, I don't care. Depends. I've heard it on the station this week. Uh, you know, we can't root for the Lions. I don't care. I think care. Car- Carmen said it yesterday, right? Yeah. We, we shouldn't or we can't or, or we don't feel right doing it. I don't care about that no, stuff. I'll tell you I, this. I root for, like, in the moment. Like, I can tell you right now, we have talked about the Ravens the entire oh, season. I'm rooting for the Ravens. About them being the best team in football. Yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah. So, like, part of me wants to root for the Ravens, so then we're right. Yeah. Because we've been following the data and everything that leads to the point that they're the best team in football. I will guarantee you 100%, though, when we get to Sunday, I will be rooting for Patrick Mahomes. Ugh, no, I'm sick of that. Um, How can I'm, you be sick of Patrick Mahomes? I'm rooting for my money. That's why. I'm rooting for my money. Well, that's fair. As we talk to the Fat Jack, I have a, I'm one of the people that have a 20 to 1 future on the Ravens. I've also Understandable. Bet, I've also bet the 49ers already to win this game or to cover this game. So I'll be rooting against the Lions, but it's not because they're the Lions. I'd be rooting for anybody in this spot against the 49ers because I have bet the 49ers. That's fair. Like, I, I wasn't uh, watching the game uh, last week rooting against the Packers. Like, I don't care. I actually wanted the Packers to win that game because I like that story, and I like that it's a young team that's developed. I think Matt LaFleur is fantastic as a coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't hate the brand of football. They play a, an appealing brand of football. Yeah. And so I was kind of loosely rooting for them to win against 49ers. You know, growing up, I, I watched the 49ers a lot as like a kid and I liked them. So I could see on Sunday getting to the point where I want them to win that game. Also, the Lions, it's a great story. How could you not support it? I do think San Francisco is going to win. Yeah. Uh, and that story will end the, the dream story for the Lions. But I, I don't know. I don't do that. Now, there are teams that, like, I never root for, and that would be, like, the New York Knicks. I never root for the Knicks. Never root for the Knicks. Never root for the Red Wings. I don't think there's an NFL team, unless they're playing the Bears, that I actively don't root for. Usually it's the Packers. Yeah. But but for some reason, because this team is young and they weren't supposed to win, I find them uh, interesting. Here's what it was. It was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, yeah. It was Aaron Rodgers. Now, I still root against Aaron Rodgers. And here's the thing. Even at, when he's not playing. At a certain point. In fact, I root against Rodgers in podcast form <laughs> when he's just spewing nonsense. That's that's the best to bash him. I feel like at some point it will flip and we will root against Jordan Love because yeah. you'll just be like, again with this guy? Yes. Again? I, I agree but with right that. right now, like, the story's good. It was a cute story. Yeah. And when you look at the AFC, I can't believe you said that enough with Mahomes. I, I think no, that I they just, are well, just... The best to watch. Look, if I didn't have a future on the Ravens, then I, pr- I probably would be just rooting for both teams to have fun. I, I just know myself. <laughs> I'm going to want the Ravens to win it, so then we're right. Yeah. But I know that when we get to the game time, I'm going to want to see Mahomes continue on the way he has. I would like... I like stories when we know that like, this is the next great. Yeah. Like, I like those stories. But we stories. know he's, he's great. Yeah, but what, he won what last adds year. to it is someone him else win. compiling Super Bowls, chasing Tom cool. Brady, becoming He'll be back the next year. Like, let, like, just give me the Ravens this year so we're right. We can cash some tickets. Ali at USC. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ali? Ali. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, What's up, I man? had two quick comments, right? So... One is about that second pick, the number nine pick. Okay. I feel like the number one has been talked about more than enough, right? Um, I don't think Malik or Marvin are going to be on the board at nine, right? But if Frog Bowers is there, you go SEC. 
I feel like day one pick, if you go anything but SEC for position players, it's a mistake. I just graduated <laughs> from LSU and moved to Chicago. Yeah, I've been watching SEC forever. Brock Bowers is an animal. What is everything that people thought Kyle Pitts is going to be? I know Pitts is in a bad situation, but Bowers, line him up at wide receiver. He plays better than Odunze. Ali, what if uh, Dallas Turner's there? SEC. Okay, Dallas Turner. Let me tell you about Dallas Turner. Dirtiest player. I hate oh, this come man. On. <laughs> you just you mad, in that game. you mad about the SEC championship game? No, I'm mad about the yeah the LSU Bama game. I was in Tuscaloosa front row with my LSU jersey, talking trash to everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what? And then Dallas Turner um, give uh, Jaden Daniels a concussion. That's why I don't like it. Oh, he that wasn't dirty. It was dirty. You, it wasn't. Dallas Turner has a history. He's he a does great not. He has a history. Prove but it. You know who's a better D lineman? Jared Verse from um. Sure. Ephesus. Florida State. Yeah, yeah, he's and I think I think that's who um Polk is going to pick. He's not going to go two offensive players in the first round. All right, let's lock it in. One more quick note. Yeah. One more quick note. I know this is Bears town, and I mm-hmm. know football is the hot topic, but you know who loves all the media from top to bottom talking about football? Gary Reinsdorf. I hate this man, and he has two franchises in this city that are absolutely horrible. His bold and his continuity, his general manager's continuity plan, and the White Sox don't even get started on the White Sox. Right? I feel like they need some attention, too, some talking in the media. Okay. All right. We'll lock it in. Thanks, Ali. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. The Bulls play tonight against the Lakers. Uh, 9.30 tip uh, locally here in Chicago. They're in Los Angeles, though. Uh, a lot of rumors around DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso possibly being on the trade market. Joe Cowley today in the Sun-Times suggesting that the Bulls might stand pat. What did I tell you yesterday? What did I tell you yesterday? I think there's going to be a team that gets desperate and, and makes a move and just goes remember, after Zach Levine. Just remember what I told you yesterday. Black and Abdallah, we'll be back. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Thank you to Jay Cantu and to Sean Graney for producing tonight's show. Black and Abdallah. Tomorrow night at 6, all calls welcome. Friday night calls with Black and Abdal from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Come hang out with us. Uh, We'll take your phone calls tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, right here on ESPN 1000. We have 56 seconds left in the show. Oh, wow. We have two phone calls on the board. Okay. Uh, Do you think we could take one or any of these phone calls before the show ends? It's Eddie on the north side, and it's Mo in Frankfurt. No. Do you think either of these two gentlemen will be able to give us a uh, quick response in less than 20 seconds? Well, first of all, we're down to 35 seconds, and Mo takes 30 seconds just to say hello. Eddie from the north side will have to wait and tell us how... Eddie on the north side's always ready to go. He's, he's ready always to go, ready but he's to got, it looks like he's got 10 points up there. He wants to talk about Fat Jack. He wants to talk about <laughs> Shane Norling. And then he wants to talk about how looking for a QB and probably how Caleb Williams is never going to win a Super Mo Bowl. Mo has a bunch of topics, Mo too. Mo wants to do show notes. He wants to talk about the ESPN Chicago lineup changes that we announced today, the big announcement. And he wants to call 
talk to Justin Fields about Justin Fields and the new OC. We're Eddie, not going to have Eddie, time. what do you think? Hey, boy. Hold on. Mo, what do you think? Okay. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.